Welcome to the world of Aeora, a news and lore podcast about the Pillars of Eternity games, as well as Obsidian Entertainment's upcoming release, Avowed. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the world of Aeora. I'm your host, Eric, aka Gingerino. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode as we dive into the history, lore, and game mechanics for Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 as we gear up for the release of Avowed. For those wondering why we pair Pillars of Eternity and Avowed together, it's because they share the same fantasy setting known as Aeora. And so the hope of this show is that when we dive into Pillars of Eternity to take a look at the lore that's in the game, we'll be able to enter into Avowed with a nuanced understanding of what the world is like and thereby appreciate what it is that Obsidian has created for us in the game. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing one of the companions of the game. And yes, this is a by popular demand episode, just like the previous one. Today, we're going to be talking about the Companion of Durance, which I would say is by far the most requested of all the companions and characters to discuss from Pills of Eternity 1. A lot of you guys out there really like Durance, or at least a lot of the vocal ones out there really like Durance. For those not aware... Durance is a person from the first Pillars of Eternity game, and he is an available companion to you, the main character in the game, that joins you in your adventures through the entire narrative. You can't, of course, leave him at your stronghold. You don't actually have to take him with you, but he's a character you can bring with you, and he's got an interesting story about him. Almost all of today's lore is going to be found on the Pillars of Eternity fandom. I have checked around for some YouTube videos of dialogue and lore written within guidebooks and things like that, but most of that has been really well collected into the fandom article, so I'm mostly just going to be pulling from that. We'll be discussing some other ideas like the Saints' War and what the nature of the gods are like. In terms of spoilers out there, the only thing that is going to be spoiled is the story of Durance himself, and that is his companion quest from Pills of Eternity 1. So if you have any interest in playing Pillars of Eternity 1 and you really don't want to have this one companion story ruined for you, like you want to kind of discover it naturally through the course of the game, then consider skipping this episode as we're going to be discussing a lot of where Durance has come from and what he has done and his entire story. So there is spoilers for his companion quest in Pillars of Eternity 1. Uh, This is your last chance. Turn back now. Otherwise... Everyone, join me. Let's discuss the man Durance from Pillars of Eternity 1. I'm curious. What exactly did you find there? The first interesting thing that I want to mention is that Durance is not actually his name. We don't really know what his name is. Durance is just the name that is ascribed to him by the player character in the story, and that's the name that you call him. But his name, or at least the name that we give him, derives from a figure within Magranic teachings within the lore of this world, whose name is apparently Durance, and so he calls it a title. We'll get more into that in a second, but I just I find it interesting that right off the bat, his name isn't even his name. This is a man of mystery and secrets, and he's got a lot of a story to tell. Durance is an incredibly ugly man. Uh, he's got bulging red cheeks, and he's got pox scars everywhere, scraggly beard. His robes are tattered and not well put together. Uh, but he does carry a unique and magical staff, which is probably the most camped thing about <laughs> about the man. If you even if you look at the picture that's been drawn up for him in Pills of Eternity One, he is not a good-looking individual. He's a kind of an ugly dude. One of the standout features of the man that is Durance is that he is a priest within the world of Aeora. Without going too far into the lore of what a priest is, 
A priest is essentially a class of character that exists within Aeora, so if you've played fantasy RPGs, you're probably used to th seeing things like bards and paladins and clerics and rangers and whatnot. You know, there's different classes that you can play. Like It's the kind of the, the thing that you are, the thing that you do. And in Pillars of Eternity, there is a class called Priest. It's what it sounds like. It's a priest. You're, you are a devout person in a particular faith or religion. And Durance is a priest of one of the deities in this world known as Magrin. Magrin is the deity of fire and war primarily. If you want to learn more about Magrin, you can go look at my episode that I've done on her. I think it's, it's been a long time since I've talked about Magrin in depth. Uh, but she is... The goddess of fire and war, uh, trials and uh, purification, transformation, consumption. These are all the things that Magrin is deity over. And Durance is a priest of this goddess. He's actually a priest of a particular non-popular sect of Magronic teachings known as the Durance sect. And this is where he gets his name from. Durance himself thinks of that name as more of a title, as a kind of person that follows the teachings of Durance, you become a Durance. And I don't know if that's just his way of avoiding telling you his name, or if that is something that all followers of Durance do. But, but the fact that you don't really see or hear of other Durances maybe is a clue that that's just something that he is doing in particular. But he views it more of a title than anything else. Talking a little bit more about the original Durance, uh, he sought insight from meditation while watching flames. So he would just sit there and he would watch a flame dancing. And if he was not able to achieve insight from this meditation of watching a flame, he would seek conflict instead. His teachings were comprised of trials and lessons, and his followers were usually not welcomed because they were often hostile to other Magran clergy they viewed as weak. If one thing you learn about Durance, the companion, when you're traveling with him, is that he values trials as a good thing. And that's that's kind of true of all Magranites, because Magran is the goddess of trials. And trials is kind of a good thing in certain lights. Obviously, trials are a negative experience. There are times in our lives that test our character, that test our capacity, that test our ability to do things. And we come out the other side having succeeded or failed. And so it is a time of stress. It is a time kind of meant to push you to your limits. But it can also be a good thing. Because even if you succeed at something, it lets you, it could give you confidence to let you know that you are capable of certain things. It's kind of like a test to know how far that you can go. You might previously have thought, oh, I can't do this. And then it turns out you can. I've had this experience when volunteering at summer camps. Well, at the summer camp I particularly volunteer at, we do a lot of hiking. In fact, it's kind of the main thing we do. We do a lot of hiking, and we camp overnight in the backcountry under a tarp, or sometimes under the stars if we think the weather's going to be clear. As part of the programming at the camp, we will often get these youth, these kids from uh, uh, urban environments that come in, and we get them to climb mountains with us. And there are a lot of these young people that think that they cannot do it. They look at the sheer size of this mountain and they say to themselves, like, I, I can't do that. That is impossible. And yet, through different methods of encouragement or coaxing or whatever it is that we need to get them up there, we eventually get an entire group of campers to climb this mountain and they get to the top. And that is one of the benefits of a trial, is that 
it you can kind of come out the other side recognizing, oh, I actually was stronger. And so now you understand your capacity a little better. You understand your ability. But trials also can have the other side of effect. And I don't want to say opposite in the sense of negative, but in the sense of it lets you know where you can fail. A trial, when it becomes too much that you cannot accomplish, lets you know things that you can't do. And while there is definitely the proclivity to feeling uh, discouraged by that, which is, I think, a normal, natural response. It also is good in the sense of it lets you know where the boundaries are for what your ability is. Because it could be pretty bad for you to walk into a situation overconfident of your abilities and realize that, hey, you actually can't do this stuff. And it lets you know where you maybe need to grow and improve. And so through trials, you can actually grow as a person. And that is where the value of trials comes in. And I think that is that's probably part of the idea that Magranites want to have behind that. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh, her being the goddess of war, I suppose that Trials is supposed to help you become a better soldier. Uh, so that's a little more of the Aora focus rather than the real-life focus that I was going for. But Durance, the original Durance, leans into this idea by seeking conflict when he wants to gain insight. Because conflict is a form of suffering, suffering is like a trial, and these trials and lessons are ways to learn things and, uh, I guess, become wiser in Magran's eyes or through Magran scripture, etc., etc. Because of this, uh, Durant's followers would often view other Magran clergy as weak. At least that's what it says here in the fandom article. The followers of Durance, the original Durance, saw this status as a as being an outcast, as a trial, which you know you, they would probably see as good, and that their wandering nature would become a sign of quote unquote physical devotion. So the fact that you are ejected from the Magranite community is just a sign that you are in this trial, and it is a kind of a, a sign of your physical devotion to this teaching that trials are good. One of the main theological differences between people who follow this original Durance fellow uh, and the rest of the Magranite traditions is their view on justice. Because justice is under the domain of another goddess known as Wudika. Wudika is the god of justice. And so Magranites don't view themselves as people who dole out justice. However, those who follow Durance believe that dispensing justice, at least when they were during their, uh, in their wandering phase, in that wandering trial that they're in, they believed that they were being appropriate followers of Magran by doing that. Because, and this is a little backstory between the gods, Wudika was apparently the queen of the gods, apparently the leaders of the gods. But the gods did not like the way she used her power or not like how much power she had, or for whatever reason, the gods of the world of Aora decided that they were going to usurp Wudika, the queen of the gods. This is all speculative, by the way. We don't actually know if this is true, but apparently what ended up happening was Wudika, the god of justice, was burned by the fires of Magrin, goddess of war. And that's why she's now called the Burned Queen, and that's why if your character ever has visions of Wudika, she appears as a woman in royal robes with burned leathery skin. So Wudika has apparently been burned by the goddess of fire and war, and the Durance followers believe that by during wandering the world, dispensing out justice is them acting out the part of Magrin against Wudika kind of thing. So it's like, well, if our god could dole out justice against the god of justice, then we, as followers of Magrin, are also able to do the same thing. And this is one of those theological points of contention that they have against the more, I guess you would call it, orthodox Magrin teaching. And so what does this have to do with Durance the Companion? Well, 
what it means is is that this man has been an outcast for a long period of his life. Like, not only is he following the faith of a very uh, trying faith, which is uh, the Magranite faith, uh, he's also going to this unpopular sect that focuses on trials and wandering and disagrees with a lot of orthodox Magranites. As a result, he's been an outcast for a lot of his life. But his outcast status goes way beyond what most Durance followers have, and we're going to get into that with the rest of his story. Your kind has a way of interpreting its visions to fit the version of the truth you like best. But Magrin's flame leaves no room for interpretation. Waste the time of others with your distortions and your fever dreams. In order to understand a little bit more about Durance, I need to tell you more about the Saints War. I've talked about it before on this show, and if you want to know more about it, I did a long series on the Deerwood, and we've talked about the Saints War there. The Saints War, however, in short, is essentially this moment in history in the Deerwood, which is the main setting for Pillars of Eternity 1. And in the Deerwood, the, the, which is a colony from an empire across the ocean known as a deer, these Deerwooden people are living in this area, they're trying to build a life for themselves, and there is another colony across a mountain range over to the north and to the east called Rayad Saris. They are another colony from Adir, but this is a theocratic colony, and they follow the teachings of a god known as Aethys, who is actually, interestingly, usually viewed as one of the good gods, if you want to discuss it like that. But long story short, the theocratic colony of Rayad Saris led a religious war against the Deerwood, and so with their leader, St. Widewin, who was apparently inhabited by the god of Aethys himself, Aethys being the god of light and redemption, led this war. So this St. Widewin guy, inhabited by the god Aethys, led these soldiers from Rayad Saris all the way down to the Deerwood, uh, act, you know, committing acts of war along the way. And this is what the Saints' War was. So, so there was a lot of battles between the Deerwood and Rayad Saris. And it all culminated at Halgot Citadel, where that war was put to a swift end using something called the Godhammer Bomb. The Godhammer Bomb was devised by a team of 12 priests of Magrin. They designed this bomb to not only blow up the bridge that St. Widewin and a lot of his soldiers were on, but it would obviously blow up their bodies as well, but it was also developed that it would blow up any spiritual matter that was there as well. At least that's the way that I'm going to kind of present it here on this podcast. The idea being that it would blow up not just St. Widewin, but the god inside the body of St. Widewin as well. And that's why they called it the Godhammer Bomb. It was designed to essentially destroy the god Aethys and thus put an end to the war. Now, whether or not they actually achieved that, whether they actually killed Aethys or they just sort of like banished his spirit somewhere else, I'm not going to get into that here, uh, but by all accounts, most people are convinced that the god Aethys was killed on that bridge by this very unique bomb. The bomb is very interesting in question to kind of go into how it was made, uh, but that's not what we're going to be discussing here. What we want to discuss, though, is Durance's involvement. As I said, this godhammer bomb was developed by 12 priests of Magrin, and as you might have guessed, Durance, the companion, was one of those 12 priests that worked on the Godhammer bomb and detonated it at Halgot Citadel. However, when the bomb went off, the other 11 priests that helped design this bomb were killed in the blast. Durance himself, however, 
was able to survive, but his body and his soul were left damaged. Ever since the events of the Godhammer bomb, he felt that he had a disconnection from the god that he follows. He would try to connect with Margaret in some way, but he always felt like there was nothing coming back from her. He didn't have that connection to the deity he was following. Durance has some ideas on perhaps maybe she's disappointed in him, or maybe he didn't do something right, or maybe they, I think at some point he even wonders that, were they supposed to do this to Aethys? And so he tries to do some things I think that he would consider good, uh, which is essentially joining in what's called the purges. So after the events at Halgot Citadel when the Godhammer bomb went off, the, the war was over. Like, you blew up the main leader of the army. You apparently blew up the god inside the man because he's not responding to his clergy anymore either. Uh, the, the war is over. But there's still Aethasians running around. And some of them are good and some of them are bad. We'll just go with those really, really basic titles. And a lot of people, as you can imagine, they're not happy with people who follow Aethys right now. And there was something called the Purges, which is exactly what you probably think it is. People went around killing people who believed in the god of Aethys as their god, as their faith. Durance participated in those Purges. He recalls this as saving the Aethasians from themselves, burning any that didn't die with their god. As last part of that, that vocal inflection of mine, it's kind of how he sounds. I can't do a perfect Durance. Uh, I'll probably include a voiceover in this episode, though. As I stepped from the now-blessed Godhammer Bridge, I thought of Ashfall. I thought of the War of Black Trees, wondered if I needed to be burned to find myself again. That is Margaret at her heart. At least that is my hope. These are the doubts that befall me. It's not just Magrin, however, that he is having issues with. Durance has conflicts with all types of people. He has so much conflict, in fact, that if you're on the fandom article for this character, there's an entire subsection labeled as conflicts. And these are different groups of people or individuals that he has taken issue with. First off is obviously Aethys and his followers, and this is because of the Saints War involving St. Wideman and the god, god Aethys. Then there's Hylia and her followers, whom sheltered the Aethasians after the Saints' War. Hylia is one of the other gods in this world, and she is another one of the token good gods. She's goddess of the sky and birds and creativity and childbirth, a weird mixture of things. And a lot of Hylians sheltered Aethasians from the purges after the Saints' War was over, and that's pretty typical of Hylian followers. He, of course, hates the nation of Rayadseris, which is where the Saints' War army was from, like the people that were coming in against the Deerwood and his people. He does not like the Adir Empire, which used to be the nation that was in charge of the Deerwood. He also doesn't like Animancy or Cyphers or Watchers or Animancers. These are all people that have to do with, um, I, I guess people would call it soul magic or soul science. Uh, animancy is the study of the soul, but more specifically the stuff that the soul is made of. It's performing scientific experimentation on the stuff that a soul is made of, seeing what its properties are, what it can do, what we can do with it, etc., etc. He does not like anyone who studies that stuff. He does not like people who have natural soul-based abilities, such as ciphers, which are kind of like a psionic class in this world, and watchers, which is a unique type of individual in this world who have almost like a natural intuitive sixth sense on how to interact with soul, 
uh, and its essence, the stuff that it's made of. He does not like any of this stuff, as he believes that it contributes to Widewind's legacy, which is the name given to the Crisis and the Deerwood, which is going on in the Pillars of Eternity game, that essentially is children are being born without souls. That's called Widewind's legacy. He also just doesn't like Orleans. So Durance is actually a racist. He's uh, 100% just a racist. He doesn't like Orleans for what they are. Although, to be fair, not a lot of people do. That's not an excuse for it, mind you, but it's, it's a lot more common than just Durance. There's a lot of racism going on against these small, hairy, diminutive creatures within the world of Aora. Through traveling with Durance, you gain the side quest called The Trials of Durance, which is his companion quest. You have companion quests in all of the companions within the game, and they help resolve issues going on in their personal lives. It changes the ending slides when you're done the game to see what happens to the people. When it comes to Durance, depending on how you finish this quest will determine whether or not he stays alive or takes his own life. And throughout most of the quest, you're actually just talking with him. So the whole thing that goes on with the Trials of Durance quest is that you just spend time with him on the road, and every now and then when you rest throughout the game, you'll have a vision that has to do with Durance. When you talk with Durance about it, he gives you more of an explanation on his history and backstory. And as well, he asks you questions as well, probing you on your views on things, trying to help form and shape your thoughts as you move forward with what you're doing in the campaign. And it's in these moments that we learn about his history with the Godhammer bomb and his involvement in that, and that when the Godhammer bomb detonated, he lost his connection with Magrin. Through your adventures, you learn more and more about what's going on behind the scenes with Widewind's legacy and how souls work and the nature of Durance's relationship with Magrin and Magrin's relationship with another god named Woodica. By the end of the quest, if you are able to convince Durance of something, then he will remain alive, though he will swear to live a life in vengeance against Magrin the god. And that is essentially that if you can convince him that Magrin and Woodica conspired together to create the Godhammer bomb, which would then, of course, destroy Aethys, um, then he will remain alive. Essentially, what this means is that you'll be having to convince him that not only did this conspiracy happen, uh, but that she isn't talking to him be, not because he wronged her in some way, but because she meant for him to die. And so now he, she is distancing herself from him in order to keep their secret. Now, the reason that Magrin couldn't interact with Durance was because his soul was blown in pieces, but not completely destroyed, by the Godhammer bomb. And now he is, in a sense, blind from uh, Magrin's point of view, like she can't see him because his soul is fragmented too much. I can't actually find any concrete written lore that says that. If anyone knows the quote that points that out, send me an email, worldofaora at gmail.com. I, I couldn't find any references to that, although I'm pretty sure that that's there. What it says on the Pillars of Eternity fandom site is that in order to keep her secret, that is the secret of her conspiring with Wodaka to create the bomb that will destroy Aethys, she does not talk with Durance anymore. She basically just keeps her distance from him to keep that secret. And Durance for this is very upset. He renounces his faith to the goddess and swears revenge against her. And being the only living person that we know of in the world of Aeora who has successfully or apparently successfully killed another god, he might just be the only one that can. 
if you don't convince Durance of this truth that Magrin and Modica were conspiring together and that she's ignoring him because she meant for him to die in the explosion, then he lives the remainder of his life trying to understand why his god is not listening to him, why she has abandoned him, and in the end, he throws himself into the flames and takes his own life. And that's the story of Durance. Is an oath worth the weight of a crown? So now the question about whether or not Durance will be involved and avowed somehow, um, it, with most of the companions from Pillars of Eternity, there's not really a high chance that we're going to see much or any of them. It, it really depends on when Avowed's going to be taking place. If Avowed is taking place at a time and location in the world of Aeora where one of the companions are alive, then sure, there's the chance that Obsidian might take one of the companions and bring him into an area for you to meet or possibly even have as a companion as kind of like an Easter egg to the Pillars of Eternity games or something like that. Uh, for me, for my money, I don't see them doing that. I, that seems like a lot of excess work for something that doesn't need to happen. I mean, it makes sense if they're already in the same time and location. Like, if that part is granted, then yeah, I don't see why they wouldn't involve at least one of the companions from the Pillars of Eternity games. But there's such a wide range of history to cover within the world of Aora, and there's also an entire world to explore. So the chances that it's going to be in the Deerwood at the time of Pillars of Eternity, uh, I don't think it's super significant that it's going to be that. It's definitely not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, they've already explored the Deerwood and Pillars of Eternity, and so maybe for Avowed, they want to stick with familiar territory rather than doing something completely new. However, if the rumors are to be true that it's played in the Living Lands, then there's only a few companions that it could be that we'd run into, and Durance, I don't think, would be one of them. We might see an Easter egg for him. He seems like one of the top candidates to see an Easter egg for. Uh, there is a chance, however, that we might run into the actual person of Durance, like not the character that we know from the game, but the person that he learns the teachings from, the original Durance. There's a chance we could meet that person. Now that would be interesting, because we don't know anything about him, where he's from, he could have traveled the world. Actually, I really hope that happens. Obsidian, if you, if you can, if it's not too late, maybe consider throwing the OG Durance in Avowed. Anyways, that's all for today, everyone. Thanks for listening to this second popular demand episode i'm not going to be doing these all the time like don't get me wrong i read the emails if you guys want a particular topic i do them clearly these last two episodes have been uh fan feedback and request ones but uh, there are also other topics i do want to cover but please send me an email if there's one that you want to do because the more interest i see in a particular direction then i'm going to go that way with you guys i want to give you guys the lore you want to know as for anything else that's going on nothing new with the show just plugging away at doing episodes uh, I'm looking at different topics down the road, things that are Pillars of Eternity related. I'm looking at doing possibly some uh, discussions with those of you out there who have been working on D&D &D conversions for Pillars of Eternity. Now, I'm always very interested in stuff like that. As for me personally, I've been playing Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. I've got like 30 hours under my belt right now. I, I put it down for a little bit though because I was playing a lot very quickly and I was really into it. But uh, because of my wrist injury from a while ago that some of you may remember... I'm starting to get some symptoms flare up because I'm just playing too many games and then working too hard and then taking care of the baby. So I'm just going to, I'm chilling for a bit, uh, putting the controller down, just playing some casual games that are nice and easy. Uh, just sort of been plinking away at whatever comes out on the Game Pass because I'm paying for it. So why not? Eh? All right. Anyways, that's all for today. Thanks everyone for listening for me rant about what games I'm playing and also a bunch of lore about a really cool character named Durance from Pills of Eternity. 
If you liked or didn't like today's show, send me an email, worldofaora at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at worldofaora for any updates on the show. I love having conversations about Pillars of Eternity or games in general. So if you're a gamer out there and you want someone to talk to about awesome games, send me a message. I love this kind of stuff, and I love talking to you guys about it. Thanks, everyone, for listening to today's episode. I've been your host, Eric, a.k.a. Gingerino, and I'll see you guys next time. 